It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, five podcasts, if you include... Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports podcast on the platform that we call the Ross Tucker Podcast Network, RT Media. We obviously have the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money for Betting, the College Draft Podcast for college football, NFL draft stuff, and of course, the Fantasy Feast, where my co-host is the one and only Joe Dolan, the Fantasy Gangster at FG underscore Dolan, master of all he oversees at fantasypoints.com, where you can and should use the code 22FEAST. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. And our guest this week is a buddy of mine from back in the day. I guess I can say that now. Wow. Brandon Funston. I don't know. Be fun. We always just called him Funston. I don't know. Kay called him Funston. Evans called him Funston, so I called him Funston. Believe it or not, we used to do a TV show together, Joe. We did a TV really? show together. Yeah, Brandon, tell him about it. Yeah, oh, it's the fastest show in fantasy. I, I never really got to talk to Ross because you would literally get like 15 seconds to, to spit out some kind of a sound bite, and then they were moving on. But, uh, yeah, what was that called? It was the uh, NBC. It was NBC Sports Talk, NBC Sports Network, and the show was called like Fantasy Football Live, maybe? Or? That's, that's what it was. I should know that because that it was an extension of Yahoo. And then we would go, we would do it for a half an hour on NBC. And then Brad Evans and I would jump over to Yahoo and do our normal Fantasy Football Live show that we, we did. So that's how, oh. that, that was the impetus of the whole thing. So, so um, Bunsen, before I, we get into some of these big name receivers and, and your thoughts on them, just an update on the stuff you're doing for the athletic and, and where you're at. Yeah, I'm at The Athletic. Um, We are getting set for the fantasy football season like everybody else in the world. Uh, We are currently undertaking a sort of notebook slash magazine that will be out on Amazon around midsummer. So that's kind of a focus right now. But, you know, draft kit getting ready for the the season upcoming. Awesome. So what we wanted to do with you today, Brandon, is we wanted to talk about the big name receivers because I think – that's probably the most notable from a fantasy football standpoint thing that happened this offseason. We've never seen an offseason like it with all the big receiver movement. I guess I'm curious, and I'll ask both of you guys this, and Joe, we probably talked about it before when these moves happened, but which of the big-name receivers that switch teams do you feel best about moving forward in other words who you think man that's just a slam dunk fit i feel better about this guy in his new spot than i did in his old because the way i look at it i'm not sure how many of these guys i feel better about in their new spot compared to where they were i think there's a slam dunk answer and it's Allen robinson i mean you know how long have we been saying god Allen robinson needs to get out of purgatory and get it at 
get paired with a quarterback that's actually decent, you know, and he's had some huge numbers with some bad quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky and, and uh, Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. And I think the funny thing is, is if you look at his ADP right now, it's as lowest as it's ever been since his rookie season. And so he finally gets paired with a, with a good arm in Matt Stafford. And we've seen the Rams produce top, you know, dual top 15 wide receivers under Sean McVay, whether it was Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, you know, Robert Woods. Like we, there's a precedent here. Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson aren't the same receiver. They complement each other really well. And yet people are letting Allen Robinson drop to like wide receiver 30. I don't get it at all. I think he's a slam dunk wide receiver too. And I think he's easily the guy that had the best move in the offseason among all these big name receivers. Joe? And, and honestly, Ross, I think part of the reason is people are looking at Allen Robinson and what he did last year. And, like, I think Allen Robinson, like, you could see, like, it was palpable the years of, like, crappy quarterback play just, like, weighing on him. And he pulled he pulled essentially a Galladay. Uh, maybe that's not – yeah, that's not – I hope that doesn't reflect what's going to happen this year. <laughs> uh, but he was just like, yeah, screw this, I'm done. Like, and – if, if I am active, I'm not going to really try too hard. And this is a guy who is like, you know, I've given my blood, sweat, and tears to the Chicago Bears organization, and they've rewarded we rewarded me with Mitchell Trubisky, and they've rewarded me with Andy Dalton, and they've rewarded me with Justin Fields, and they've rewarded me with Matt Nagy. And you know what? I have had enough. I am not getting hurt when I have an opportunity to get a payday next year. And I wonder if that's what Allen Robinson kind of did in Chicago. And I wonder, Brandon, if that's why he has decided that he – uh, that that, that uh, rather that the fantasy markets have decided. Oh man, this guy might be toast. I'm not going to draft him. I'm kind of with you. Like, I, he's he's kind of in that second tier of receivers right now. Like he, uh, like when when Allen Robinson is like the seventh or eighth best receiver who changed teams this off season. You're in a heck of an off season for receiver movement. But like he is the one guy out of the group. That I think you could say he's got an upgrade of a situation. And, look, Cooper Cup's the top three overall pick in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. If you want a piece of this offense, you know, an Allen Robinson, maybe if you're playing best ball, Allen Robinson, Matthew Stafford stack is very affordable in fantasy. Like, for, for a team that's coming off a Super Bowl championship, that's a heck of an affordable stack for fantasy, even if you don't get Cup. But hell, even if you do get Cup, getting those top two receivers in Stafford, not a really difficult thing to do because people aren't all over Allen Robinson. The market's routinely available in the fifth round, maybe even sixth round of fantasy drafts. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point that you have to kind of explain what happened because it wasn't like he just had an injury-riddled season. Darno Mooney on the other side was putting up serviceable right. numbers, you know, and so it's like, okay, why were you so starkly worse than Darno Mooney? But I, I think like you said is I think he was like, okay, this is just – this is just a, a crap situation. I am getting out of here. I am going to preserve myself. And look at after all these years of kind of sticking with, you know, the cesspool offenses that he's been in. And, you know, it's like, I think, yeah, it's fair to say I'm going to go get my payday. He's still young enough. I think it's 29, 28. Like he was always that guy that's like a year or two younger than you actually think yeah. he is. So I think he's, he's still got a prime, you know, year or two left and, and, and I agree, it's a cheap way to get in on that Rams, that Rams offense. So, 
I'm just sitting here thinking something, okay? And to peel back the curtain a little bit, we're we're recording this a little bit earlier than when we're posting it. So for all I know, I'll get I'll get screwed and they'll sign one of these guys in between. <laughs> but you can't sign Allen Robinson and not give Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald their money, right? Like you can't, you just can't do that. Like I said this last week on the Ross Tucker football podcast, Aaron Donald's going to get signed by the Rams and <laughs> Cooper Cup's going to get his as well. They're going to find a way to actually lower the cap number for both those guys. You can't bring in someone that feels somewhat superfluous in Robinson. And I'm sure you guys disagree because Woods is gone and Odell Beckham Jr. is injured, whatever. But you just can't do that and then not re- and not take care of Cup and Donald. I think. I mean, I think they're going to pay those guys. Um, you're in an interesting position when it comes to uh, when it comes to Allen uh, to Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald because you're like, all right, we don't have all this draft capital. We're we're kind of up against it with cap space. But you also have to say, hey, we're still in a Super Bowl window, so we have to go and improve the team in reasonable ways by going and getting Allen Robinson. So I wonder if Cooper Cup and uh, Aaron Donald understand that, but they're also like, hey, we were your two best players in a Super Bowl win. You got to give us our money, especially when it comes to Cup, because Cup's looking at at all these guys. We're going to be talking about A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill and all these guys, Devontae Adams, who just got their new contracts of, of nine figures. Cup certainly has earned that. But uh, I thought it was funny with Brandon, by the way, Ross, because you brought up Cooper Cup. Funston mentioned how Allen Robinson is one of those guys who's uh, he's been around since 2014. You're like, oh, my God, he's got to be like 31. No, uh, Allen Robinson's younger than Cooper Cup. <laughs> Allen Robinson's rookie year was 2014. Cooper Cup's was 2017. Robinson's that is unreal. Younger. Yeah. That's a great point. I, I would like to see more stuff on – later in careers, age versus how many years in the NFL. You know, because age is nice, but he's also still been in the NFL for a long time, and he's gotten beat up. All right, is there a second guy, Funston, that out of Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown, Tyree Kill, Amari Cooper, is there? You know, I, I guess you could make the argument for Amari Cooper, in my mind, Depending on how many games Watson plays and being the clear-cut number one in Cleveland as opposed to, you know, the target share in Dallas, is it fair to say that Cooper might be another guy that's in a better fantasy spot? Yeah, honestly, I think he's the only one that I think has a clear upwards move. Uh, I think some guys might be more lateral or an actual, you know, a downward move. But, like, if you can get – if you let's just say you get 10, 10 games, nine, 10 games from Deshaun Watson, like you're talking about Donovan Peoples Jones, maybe David Bell and David and Joku as like the other guys that are going to be the main guys vying for targets there. Like to me, it's just like, you know, when it's all said and done, if that's the case, uh, Amari Cooper might be up there among the leaders in, in target share, you know, up, across the league. And so, yeah, he you know you, you you like the ripe environment of Dallas, but like he he should just command a more percentage of targets there in Cleveland. And if it's Deshaun Watson, we know he can wing the ball. So, Joe, here's a question: Didn't Jerry Jones come out recently and say that he thinks C.D. Lamb will be a better number one than Cooper was? 
I mean, Jerry says a lot of things. Um, Amari Cooper, he is one of those weird players in that I think you can make the argument that he's simultaneously overrated and underrated. Like, I never really know how to feel about Amari Cooper because, you know, we've seen him absolutely dominate games, like 200 receiving yards, multiple touchdowns. And then, you know, Ross, he's also had his historic struggles with, like, Darius Slay. Like, he hasn't been able to get open against Darius Slay. And he's the type of guy who gets shut down by some of the better corners in the league. But there's no denying that Amari Cooper's put up some big-time numbers in his career. Maybe CeeDee Lamb does become a better number one receiver than Amari Cooper. Maybe CeeDee Lamb is going to be better when he's getting a higher target share. But Amari Cooper is a really good receiver who I think the Cleveland Browns are going to get the best out of. But the question, again, for fantasy purposes, what's the deal with Deshaun Watson? The more that comes out, the more I think the NFL is just going to hammer him. And I, I just don't know... Far be for me to be able to predict that, but I just don't see how the NFL just puts its head in the sand on this. And if Amari Cooper is is playing with Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Brissett started like 30 games in his NFL career, and he's averaging under 200 yards passing per game in those starts. So that is not the kind of guy you're going to have out there to run the, uh, the, to, to run the fun and gun. You know, like Jacoby Brissett is going to be the quarterback of a run first offense and that could hurt Amari Cooper in the long run. Speaking of the long run, if you have not checked out express yet, you're doing it wrong. I, so look, if you follow my social media, you know that I go to the beach a lot. I needed some new shorts. So I knocked out three, not one, not two, but three of the six inch inseam Hyper stretch chino shorts at Express. It is absolutely awesome. The men's comfort chino shorts. You can show off a little bit of uh, of your leg. Why not, boys? I know Funston does. I know Joe does. So awesome to be able to get this type of clothing at Express.com. Highly encourage you guys to look out for the great deals in stores and at Express. Dot com. I want you guys, starting with you, Brandon, to express your opinion on, let's go the total opposite way now, Funston. So we had two guys that we thought were in better situations. Who's the biggest downgrade of the guys that moved? Man, I'm torn between. Well, first of all, I don't know if it's a huge downgrade because uh, I, I think it's kind of a similar offense. I'm just, I, I, I just know that AJ Brown's going to be a guy I won't have on any of my teams. Um, you know, we're at a situation where wide receivers are just getting these huge second contracts, and teams are kind of put on the, you know, on the decision of do we pay this guy a second contract? And DK Metcalf here up, up here in Seattle is is a teammate of AJ Brown's at Old Miss, who was going to get paid by Seattle. I'm worried that Tennessee, because we've always known that AJ Brown's kind of had these, these kind of wonky knees, and I'm just worried that Tennessee decided, you know what, that's not where we want to put our next big contract. We don't know that AJ Brown's going to age well, um, so let's go ahead and trade him instead of just tying our money up in this guy. So then he goes to Philadelphia, who's going to be one of the most run-heavy teams. It's going to be similar to Tennessee, where they're going to work off a of play action, and and you know it's going to you know AJ Brown. 
feasted at times in, in that environment. But now you have Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard also vying for targets there as well. And I don't know that I feel like Jalen Hurts is as good a thrower as Ryan Tannehill is at this point. So um, I have my reservations about A.J. Brown. He's always been a peak and valley kind of a fantasy performer. And I'm not sure he actually went to a better environment. So I don't know. What do you think, Joe? Um, Ross, you and I actually had this discussion. Go back and listen because I had some good, r- real good stats on that when we talk about the A.J. Brown. I'm actually not sure it's a, it's really that big of a downgrade because A.J. Brown had played in an offense that was the run heaviest in the NFL, keep in mind. And this is a guy who was putting up top 10, top 8 wide receiver numbers in one of the run heaviest offenses in the NFL. And I agree with Funston that Ryan Tannehill is a better thrower than Jalen Hurts right now. But I also think the Philadelphia Eagles plan on adjusting their offense more than the Tennessee Titans did because the Eagles ran the ball a ton out of necessity last year. A big part of that, no doubt, was Jalen Hurts. However, when Devontae Smith is really your only functional NFL wide receiver, that's going to demand that you're going to have a run heavier offense. Now, say what you want about Zach Pascal, but the guy's a professional receiver, and now you have A.J. Brown, you have Devontae Smith, you have Zach Pascal, you have, Quez Watkins is a certain type of player who can take the top off a of defense in a rotational role, and whatever the hell you get from Jalen Riker, which is probably a net negative right now, but I actually think Philadelphia has better personnel, they're better equipped to throw the ball a little bit more now, and now it comes down to Jalen Hurts and his ability to take a step forward. And I think it is totally fair to have that conversation on whether or not he can do that. I thought he was atrocious in the Tampa Bay playoff game, maybe his worst game of his career, just leaving throws on the field, inaccurate. But he was also playing through a high ankle sprain. Um, He's now in the same system for the second consecutive season for the first time since he was in high school. So maybe Jalen Hurts takes that step forward. He's still young. A.J. Brown isn't even 25 years old yet. I think he's the kind of guy who, from a dynasty perspective, even if you don't believe in Jalen Hurts, the Eagles have two first-round picks next year, okay? They have a great offensive line. They have a great receiving core. So they're going to be an attractive landing spot, not just for rookie quarterbacks, but for maybe some veteran quarterbacks who might come on the market. We know Kyler Murray is in a contract dispute right now. And we'll talk to maybe about one of the receivers who's going there. We know Kyler Murray's in a contract dispute. We know that Lamar Jackson might be in a contract dispute. So maybe Philadelphia becomes an attractive landing spot for them. I thought the A.J. Brown was a shrewd move for them. Um, I'm not downgrading him, for instance, Funston, nearly as much as I'm downgrading Tyreek Hill. Because, I mean, you want to talk about two polar opposite talents at the quarterback position. Like, even if you think Tua is good, Patrick Mahomes and Tua are just, they're they're barely playing the same position. So I'm looking at that as A.J. Brown is much more of maybe a level uh, move for me as opposed to Tyreek Hill, who I have no, Ross, I have no freaking clue what to do with Tyreek Hill in my drafts. I really don't. Yeah, I have. How's he going right now? Go ahead, Funston. Well, I have him ranked 12 at wide receiver, which is below where he's going. Well, he's going going eight at wide receiver. And I'm with you. I'm with you, Joe. I just, um, and I know it's anecdotal, but like, how many times do you just in your mind just see, you know, kind of think back to Mahomes, kind of like, you know, the play breaks down, he's running around, he's rolling around, and then all he's, he's throwing off his back foot way downfield, and Tyreek Hill's behind the defense and he's you know he's scoring a long touchdown it's probably probably didn't happen more than a couple times last year but in his career it's happened a lot you start putting those together those are plays that to it there's just plays 
that Tua can't make that Mahomes make makes. Yeah, he just won't make him. You have to wipe those away from Tyreek Hill's stat line because there's there's at least six plays a year that are big plays that probably Tua can't make. So I just don't know how you make that up if you're Tyreek Hill. And you're also got a guy like Jay the Waddle who's not so different, you know, and there's established rapport there with Tua already. So you kind of have to come in. You have to wedge yourself in as the alpha and – you know, I, I just have my reservations. So I'm with you on that. And I, I kind of, as I'm talking it through, think that I, I would downgrade Tyreek Hill more than A.J. Brown. You know, Tyreek Hill did have a, a by far, by the way, Funson, and you, I think you alluded to this, a career-low dot last year at 10.4 yards per target. I mean, the, like, his previous career low was 12.9. So that was, I think you're going to see Tyreek Hill do a little bit more of that stuff, you know, close to the line of scrimmage, create after the catch. I mean, Tyreek Hill's going to have to have, for him to, to, to come through for fantasy, he's going to have to have a similar stat line to what he had last year. The 111 catches, 1,200 yards, 11 yards per catch. He's good. That's the kind of season he's going to have to have, you know, based on Tua's skill set, in my opinion. So, I don't know short term, you know, 2022 season, how it'll go for Tyreek Hill. Long term, I think it's a disaster. I mean, I... You know, with his off-the-field issues previously, I think him being back in Miami, South Florida, where he's from, is notable. I think him not having Mahomes as his quarterback is notable. I think him likely getting his last contract is notable. I do not see that going real well. I don't see that going real well at all. And it might not go real well right from the start. Um, When's the last time you've seen a team that's had two alpha five foot ten receivers? You know, like I don't know how. It, and Tyreek Hill being five ten is probably being generous, but uh, like, yeah, he's oh, not that, five. That's, 10, that's very generous. He's the yeah. fastest football player I've ever seen in my life. It is unbelievable. I'm All right, to think of that. By the way, like two like short big time receivers on the same team. Because even when you look at like like teams that had like. You know, Isaac Bruce wasn't very big, but like Tory Holt was. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting question. I'm gonna have you to know. You know, what, you, know what, you know what comes to mind is uh, is the marks for Dan Marino, uh, mm, Mark, mm-hmm. Mark Clayton, and Mark Duper. Those those yeah. guys were were kind of short, if I remember right. Yeah, Duper. Duper was five nine. Mark, uh, Mark Clayton was. Let me let me find Mark Clayton. I I, I brought up the wrong Mark. Yeah, Clayton but back here. then, more of the receivers were. Yeah, they were both five nine. Holy crap! Wow. wow. There you go. Yeah. It's been a it's been so, a little bit a little bit. I, the thing I think about it is people are going to play zone. Like, you know, they're going to play zone. Nobody has two corners that can match up with those guys mm-hmm. on crossing routes, man to man. So at least two of those will be getting a lot of zone coverage. What are your thoughts, Funston, on Devontae Adams? How much of a downgrade is this for him? Well, I don't know. It's a huge downgrade. There's obviously the there's obviously the connection of Derek Carr and, and Devontae Adams from Fresno State. They know each other a bit. But this was one of the most highest volume passing teams in the league last year. This they they probably improved a bit on defense, but this is going to be a division where most of these division games are going to be pushing fifty on the over under line. You know and. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Derek Carr and the Raiders in this division can play a lot of just smash smash mouth kind of football. I think they're going to have to throw a lot. And I think that Devontae Adams in that environment, I think Derek Carr is a, a pretty solid quarterback. I think he hasn't had a, a, a guy like Devontae Adams since really Amari Cooper. And um, 
you know, the one thing about Derek Carr, he's been a top 20 fantasy quarterback every year in his career. He just never has had a situation like this where if you get Darren Waller healthy and you got Hunter Renfro working the slot and you got Devontae Adams, I'm I'm most excited about Derek Carr, but I think Devontae Adams can, you know, push 100 catches and do his 1,000 yards, eight-plus touchdown thing. I don't know if he's going to be peak Green Bay, but I think he's no. going to be top five receiver. I don't think he'll be peak Green Bay, but he's the guy I'm still taking in the first round, albeit the back end of the first round. I'm really interested in what Vegas's offense is going to look like because, look, they signed a fullback. They signed Jakob Johnson uh, from the Patriots. Obviously, McDaniel's coming over. Um, I almost feel like they're going to play 21 personnel, Ross, and they're not going to have a tight end attached to the line of scrimmage, if that makes sense. Like... It almost like Jakob Johnson's going to be like their additional pass protector um, because Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae Adams, those are three guys you really can't take off the field, okay? So, you, you like, their, their third receiver right now is either Demarcus Robinson or Keelan Cole, okay? Not really inspiring names. I feel like that's what they're going to do, but their offensive line isn't great. I, I'm really interested to see how McDaniels works this. But look, Derek Carr... And Devontae Adams wanted to play together. They already have the the the, the preordained chemistry that they got at Fresno State. I, I do. I'm with Funson. I think Devontae Adams catches 100 passes this year. Last but not least, Marquise mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown. Funson, I was blown away by the Dolan stat. What was that stat, Joe, a couple weeks ago? He was he was uh, ninth in the NFL in targets. Hmm. Yeah, he. Th- I think he thinks it'll be great out there. How much do you – what do you do with Hollywood Brown going out to Arizona from Baltimore, number one, and number two with Hopkins out for at least six games? I just – yeah, I'm out. I'm, it's, it starts at the quarterback. I'm out on Kyler Murray, um, and I think there's deficiencies in, in his ability to get the ball to receivers in every spot in the field alike, and – when was the last time? And when De- DeAndre Hopkins comes back, I mean, when was what? Name me a good number two wide receiver in Arizona under Kingsbury, or under Kyler Murray. Name me a good Kirby one. Kirk was he? I mean, what, Kirk, yeah, Kirk was Kirk was just a flash player, really. He, I don't think he ever finished wide receiver three in in fantasy leagues. Like he he was like maybe wide receiver 38 overall in a season, but like, you know, Larry, and honestly, they haven't had a ton of talent there or Larry Fitzgerald was kind of washed, you know, for years, but Larry Fitzgerald led that team for a couple of those years. Um, I just, it's, it's interesting since Kingsbury has been there, this is supposed to be this like spread it out, just high flying offense. And it hasn't really worked out as, as a big, you know, ripe fantasy place for wide receivers outside the top guy and even the top guy in DeAndre Hopkins he had one huge year there um but the you know the other the, other, the rest of it's been kind of a little bit up and down so I like I just have I have my reservations about the whole system in general uh, and I, I think Kyler Murray's too short I think he can't throw in, in a lot of ways where I would watch Russell Wilson week in and week out and know that like there's just the the three step drop stick stick a receiver on a on a mid level cross like a, a timing play it just he can't do it he can't throw over the line of scrimmage on on timing plays you know and a lot of it has to just be breakdown plays where he's kind of rolling out it's recess and so it's it's hard for me to kind of get into the idea of a 
of a receiver in that offense kind of just being a weekly steady presence. I think there's just a lot of up and downs in this Arizona offense, if that makes sense. Joe? Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to come out and he's going to get a ton of targets the first six, seven weeks of the season when, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is out. But, you know, when this trade was first was first made, I was like, hey, you know, this might actually be great for Hollywood Brown. You know, you got the DeAndre Hopkins, the big X on the other side, and, you know, Hollywood was kind of miscast as a number one wide receiver. And now, all of a sudden, I feel like he's going to be in kind of the same situation he was in in Baltimore, a guy who needs to get 10, 11 targets a game just to help this passing offense out. Um, his ADP to me is honestly fun. I think it's fair. I think he's kind of like a fourth round pick right now. We saw last year that, you know, despite some of the drop issues, he's able to put up big numbers with big opportunity. Um, and I think Kyler is probably a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. Um, but the thing with Kyler Murray is I'm with you that, the fading at the end of the year, the injuries. I'm not really a hundred percent sure how much he's progressed from being a rookie. He's kind of a splash play type of guy. Um, I'm, 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 this did reek to me of a desperation move by Arizona. One that could work out statistically, but it was certainly more of a desperation move than some of these other trades that I think teams made for number one wide receivers. Yeah, I, I think just really quickly, I think the problem with Marquise Brown is he he becomes the number two receiver in this offense at some point in midseason. So when you're drafting him, yeah, the value might be there statistically at the end, but you're going to get the worst likely of the statistics towards the end. And Kyler Murray fading in the second half of the season has been a thing. That happens. So you're talking about the precedent that Kyler Murray is not going to be at his best in the second half of the season. And Mark Brown's going to go for the alpha for the first half of the season to being, you know, the second fiddle to Deandre Hopkins in the second half. And that's when you want your guys at their best, you know, and, and in fantasy, you want, you want to be strong for the playoffs and, you know, that could be a little bit lighter for Marquise Brown down the stretch. You absolutely have to check out these guys on social media. He is at Brandon Funston. Does an awesome job, as you can tell. He is at FG underscore Dolan, the fantasy gangster. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at I'm we are at Ross Tucker Pod. That was awesome. Fun show. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks right. for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.